who is the king of glory? It is the Lord. You know, we see a beautiful sense of this very presence of the light coming to the temple. The light of the world prophesied by Isaiah. Um, you know, the powerful witness of the letter of Hebrews. You know, that Jesus likewise shared in all that we have so that he can save us. The power of death, you know, destroy the one who has the power of death, the devil. And free those who through fear of death have been subject to slavery all their life. You know, um, and that's, that's all of us, you know. The fear of death is why, why we get caught into things that, that addict us in this world. Because we don't want to die. We want our pleasure now. And, and so all these things can, can, can bind us up. Surely he did not help angels. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't come to help the angels. He came to help you and I. That's who he came to help. He came to help us. God came to help us. You know, what an amazing, incredible truth that is, you know? There's a certain sense that when we come to the joy of a celebration like this, that, that the church's liturgy is meant to infuse us with that joy, to encounter the joy of Anna and, 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 Yoke, or Anna and Simeon in the, in the temple, the joy they had in seeing the new Messiah. If you think of their hearts, that's where our hearts are, are meant. The Holy Spirit wants to bring that joy to our hearts also. Because he himself was tested through what he suffered, he was able to save those who are being tested. You know, um, he himself was tested. He was tried by the enemy in the desert throughout his life. And so he, was a, he experienced all these things so that he could deliver us from all these trials. You know, he experienced all the things that, of our lives. He experienced pain. He experienced loneliness. He experienced hunger. He experienced cold and heat. He experienced the rejection of his friends. He experienced condemnation from the elders. You know, he, he experienced all of it so that he can deliver us from all of it. In the name of Jesus, I renounce these things, you know. And so what confidence we have that God himself, the creator of the universe, holding the billions of billions of galaxies in existence at his very thought, you know, has became one of us. And to walk into the, and to be brought to the temple by his humbly acknowledging and being obedient to his mother and father, Mary and Joseph. And what a profound moment. Last night, last few nights in, in night prayer, we prayed this prayer of Simeon. If you, if you caught that, sound familiar or not. Now, Master, may you let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you repair in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. Now, that's, dead in, in, that's said in night prayer every night, that prayer. You know, remembering that light that's coming, coming to drive out the darkness as we go to bed in darkness, awaiting the light of the resurrection, the light of a new day as the sun rises. You know, so beautifully the church weaves this all together. So before I realize I do have another homily to give or a conference to give, um, I'll, 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 one thing I have to share with you, though, is <clears throat> this, this reading always catches my attention in a special way because it says, um, in accordance to the law, they offered the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Okay. My name, Holobek, actually means pigeon. Now, this is a young pigeon. That's Holobata, and I am Holobek, which is supposed to be a small pigeon. Not real small, but uh, I guess. So I think, well, hey, I just, I'm what Mary and Joseph brought to sacrifice for Jesus. <laughs> so, so, okay. So anyway, I, I had, had to share that. I have to stick that in my head. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask something of Brother David right now, because if I don't do it right now, I'm going to forget. Brother David, would you go to the back of church and bring two candles up? Because tomorrow is St. Blaise Day, and I just realized we need to give you throat blessing today. And because I totally forgot about that. I would be very grateful, Brother David. Brother David, thank you. Thank you for your help. Okay, um, our, last, our last conference.
There's an announcement I'm supposed to make from Father Coulter. Here it is. And so I don't forget this. Sunday morning. Our Lady of the Council Retreat House desires to keep our retreats affordable and never turns anyone away for an inability to pay. Therefore, a collection will be taken up during Sunday Mass to support our ministry and building projects. Please include your prayer intentions. Thank you for your donations and manifest love made visible at Good Council Retreat House. Okay? Um, so that's also be during, during this time. And there's a, another little prayer we have to say. Thank you, brother. Perfect. Thank you so much. Now I won't forget it. Out of sight, out of mind for this old mind. All righty. The Father's blessing, uh, the fifth key, is the great gift for us to seek and receive. All blessing is from the uh, heart of the Father. And blessing is really, it's speaking the heart of God into another heart. That's really what blessing is. Speaking the heart of God into another heart. You know, um, and so it's, what is God? How does God see this person? And so we ask the Holy Spirit to help us see that person, see that goodness. Out of the heart of our mouth speaks what is in the heart of the Father. When we speak a blessing, we speak God's heart and his thoughts into another person. You know, and blessing is not something our culture understands very well. Um, or our families, you know, um, other cultures, it's really richly woven inside. I had a missionary come one time from India, and I would ask them, you know, well, how do your, I was, a question I always ask the missionaries, how do your families pray? How do your families pray? And he says, oh, our families all pray, because it'd be a scandal if they didn't pray, because every Hindu family prays. It'd be a scandal if our families didn't pray together. He says, because the Hindus also have the tradition of bowing down before their parents when they leave to get their blessing. They have very, very rich blessing. My, my, uh, um, my nephew married a, a young lady from, whose parents from Sri Lanka. And so at the wedding, I offered to give them a blessing. And they were thrilled to death. They all came for a blessing. Um, that concept of blessing was rich in their culture, rich in their culture. Um, and in some cultures, uh, it's not as rich, um, but it, it is a great gift. That's when we speak a blessing from in the name of God, God the Almighty. You know, not a blessing of, of some Hindu idol, but a blessing of God, the true God who made heaven and earth. You know, what tremendous power, what tremendous gift that is. We speak a blessing, we speak God's heart and his thoughts into another person. Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply. The very first blessing was blessing them with the gift of life. And the father speaks from his heart overflowing with delight. You know, God blessed us in Adam and, and declared all very good. Genesis 1.31 you know, after creating everything, God said, it is good, it is good. But after he created Adam and Eve, he says, God looked at everything he had made and found it very good. After he had made man a woman, he found it very good because they were made after his own image. You know, and so the blessing um, of the goodness that he sees in us. You know, the Father imparted blessing to Jesus through his life to confirm his identity and destiny. Blessing has two pieces, identity and destiny. At his conception, Luke chapter 1, we, hold, we heard, Behold, you will conceive in your womb from the angel speaking to Mary, and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, 
and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule the house of Jacob forever, with his kingdom will be no end. Now, that essentially was also speaking of his destiny. Who is he to be? He will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High. See, the Lord will give him his throne of David his father. So there's his destiny. So he spoke the destiny of who, his, who he is to be. The angel spoke that blessing from the father. During Mary's pregnancy, in Luke chapter 142, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, cries out in a loud voice, said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You know, and blessed. And so, speaking that goodness of how blessed Mary is, the blessed is the fruit of her womb. At his birth, we hear, Luke chapter 2, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I give you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord, his identity. He is Savior. It's who he is. Destiny to be the king, the, the king and the Savior's identity. Jesus is his name. And so, at the presentation of the temple, what happens? Simeon speaks today, identity and destiny, about Jesus. Mine eyes have seen your salvation, a light to Gentiles. It's who he is. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many, and to be a sign to be contradicted. So his destiny. So who is he? The light to Gentiles. Salvation. Okay? And yet he's going to cause all these things to happen. At his baptism, Mark chapter 1, verse 11, a voice came from heaven and says, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. His identity. Beloved son. You know, and that powerful point in the baptism is such a powerful moment because we know that he enters into baptism to lead us into baptism and to sanctify and to share everything with us. But at the same time, taking all of us into his own heart as he begins his public ministry for whom he will offer his life for. And so that moment we share with him in our baptism and his baptism. The very his baptism, that confirmation of who he is, is who we are. We are his beloved sons and daughters of God the Father. And we receive that through Jesus in his own baptism. At his trans- so our identity is formed in Christ. Is formed in Christ and who he is, is giving identity to us and who we are. And who we are. At his transfiguration, Matthew chapter 17, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. You know, again, my beloved son, his identity. He's speaking his identity. What did, what did the devil come to try to destroy in the desert? His identity. If you're really the son of God, tell these stones become bread. If you're really the son of God, do this. You know, so he was trying to get him to, to deny his identity. You know, and he does that to us. He does that to us. We need to give, receive blessing at major points of, of life. Even if you didn't hear it, the fathers is still spoke them, and they are eternally present and available to us even now. You know, so at points in our life, God the Father, looking over us as his beloved sons and daughters, has been speaking blessing into our lives. Blessing into our lives. We maybe didn't hear it. We didn't pick it up in our heart. We didn't pick it up through his word. We didn't pick it up through our prayer. But it's still there. And there's a beautiful reality. Neil talks about that when we are set free 
to receive that blessing, that the blessing that God has spoken has been lingering there, so to say, over our head, waiting to be infused and given to us and accepted by us and filled with and fill us with. What a beautiful thought that God's blessings being spoken over us, whispered over us, are, 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 have, have been blessing us throughout our entire life. These same blessings now belong to us as we identify with him. On that day, you realize that I am in, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. John fourteen twenty. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. That's a profound, profound uh, thought that Jesus gives us. That he's in the Father. We're in, he's in the Father's heart. We're in his heart. And he's in our heart. He's in us. What do we have to fear? We're in the heart of the Father. In the heart of the Son. And he's in our heart. Think for a moment of your closeness to the Father. Jesus is in his Father. And you are in Jesus, and he is in you. Think of your closeness to the Father. Jesus is in the fa- his Father, and you are in Jesus, and he is in you. John 17, 23. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one. This is Jesus speaking to the Father. I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you loved them even as you loved me. What's he saying? The Father, you have loved them even as you have loved me? That he, God the Father loves you and I as he loves his own Son? This is how much you are loved and beloved of the Father in heaven. He loves you as he loves his own son. And that you love them, Father, even as you loved me. Satan attempts to rob us of our freedom by attacking our identity and our life purpose, just as he did with Jesus. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread, as I said. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and with your hands. You will support you unless you dash your foot against a stone. If you prostrate and yourself and worship me, that is say, Jesus says, get away, Satan. You know? And so that temptation of, of, of identity, you know, he, he does that to us. You know, that we're no good, that we're not worth anything, that we're worthless, that we can never be fixed, that we can never be healed, that we can never have this. You know, our identity is not as a child of God, but as something broken and ready to discard. You know, that's what he wants to make us think of ourselves, that we're worthless, that we're not worth anything. And yes, we kind of fumble through and, and, and struggle through, but we, the, the, that's why the source of all the healing comes in recognizing who we are and remembering who we are, that we are beloved sons and daughters of God the Father, that we, our Father, is the Lord, of King of, of heaven and earth, that Jesus, our Lord, is a Savior, and that he comes to save us, you know, not remove us, from all struggle and trial, but to save us in the midst of struggle and trial. You know, sometimes we think salvation means just pluck me out of here, world, I don't want to be a part of this. But that's not what Jesus does. 
He, because he enters us, he, he walks with us, again, as I said before, so that we can be the conquerors, so that we can be the victors, so we can earn the crown that God wants for us in heaven. But it's because Jesus walks with us and guides us and helps us. And there is our hope. There is our joy that we have complete hope and trust in him. If Jesus was tried, as we will be tried, uh, Jesus said, If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you also. But do not fear the world, for I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world. The test is not for God, for find, uh, is not for God to find you or to find out what's in your heart, but for us, for you and I, to find out what is in our hearts. You know, that's the true, the true test. God knows what's in our hearts, but do we know? Are we willing to find out what's in our hearts? You know, when we find what's in our hearts, you know, it's a matter of simply, I think it's, um, it's called the ARRR prayer method. I should put that out there, too. Maybe next year. Um, some people kind of silly call it the pirate prayer. Arr, that's really bad. <laughs> That's really bad, I know. And so, sorry about that. But there's, there's, a, there's a great little video by Father Mike Schmitz on YouTube. Eight and a half minute video says, How Priests Pray. You know, and I think it's one of the best ways for us to start having that personal prayer with God. You know, what does it say? A, acknowledge. Acknowledge what are your thoughts, feelings, and desires. Just acknowledge. What are your thoughts, feelings, and desires? What's stuck in your head right now? What's going through your head right now? Thoughts, feelings, desires. Keep that over and over. Thoughts, feelings, desires. Highlight that. Thoughts, feelings, desires. What's in your head? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your desires? Now, they could be really bad. They could be really t- tempting ones. They could be horrible ones. They could be really wonderful ones. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just what's in our thoughts. First R is relate. Tell Jesus. Tell the Father. Father, this is the thought in my head. Father, this is the feelings I have. These are my desires. Some are, some are pretty lousy. Some are really wonderful. But wherever I am, you know, it's just start telling God. Remember, remember I told you about that lame definition about relationship? Well, that was partly when I was trying to, trying to think about all this stuff. And, you know, come, the etymology of relationship is the word relate. It's an old French word about the 1400s. And it simply means, I forget the, how they said it, but it's basically to tell. To tell. And so we're going to develop a relationship with someone. We have to start telling them what's in our hearts. Right? You know how a relationship goes, a friendship, relationship? You start telling them what's in our hearts, what's really in our hearts, what's in our minds. And so the same was with God. Start to tell him, what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my desires? Now, I'll be honest. My thoughts and feelings, I can get you pretty quick. They're pretty, pretty lively. But I have a hard time telling my desires. But that's really when it starts to connect. These are the desires I have, Lord, Heavenly Father. Some are good, some are not good. I want your desires, Father. Please fill my heart with your desires. I want to desire what you desire. But these are where I, this is where I'm at. I really encourage it um, because I think part of our spiritual growth and even in our, in our relationship with Jesus and in our using the, 12, the keys is becoming more familiar with him so that we realize that he, he's not somebody out there ready to zap us with a, with a stun gun. You know, he, he's our Lord. He's our friend walking with us. Satan presents the lie of rejection to us when we are corrected. If our identity and destiny are not valued and affirmed, we vacillate between the extremes of self-righteousness and self-reliance and rules and giving up in hopelessness. So he likes, to, he likes to throw the rejection at us. And if we're corrected by someone, he wants to try and destroy us by that. So, because, so if we don't have our identity 
kind of founded. If someone tries to give us a little guidance, we may feel it as correction and be completely walled up and shut down. But to realize that that only becomes because we, we forget who we are and that God works through everything. He attempts to bring bondage to lack of blessing in our childhood. Okay? We stand against the schemes of the enemy. Ephesians 6, 6, 11, by taking responsibility for our own lives. We do not blame our parents, but take up the hope and power offered us in Jesus Christ. You know, um, that real sense of, you know, uh, you know that's a, it's such a, a beautiful thought, you know, of thinking of, have we ever received the blessing of our parents? You know, uh, that's, it's a powerful thing. And many times we haven't. We haven't. You know, and, and so there's a longing there for the one who God gave to us and who, who gave us life and who our, who our heart is, is, has always been surrendered to in a real way to our parents is to receive that from them. Which that, that God gave them to us so that they could give us that from him. Blessings drive away insecurity and fear. Blessings drive away insecurity and fear. There's two responses to not receiving blessing. One, I try harder. Self-righteousness, self-reliance. I'm going to make it myself. Completely self-reliant. Because I haven't been blessed. I'm going to do it. I'll prove to everybody that I can do it. And the second one is, I give up. I can't do it. I'm worthless. Just one time try. You know, because I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. Um, my identity is, 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 is broken. Self-complacent and worthless. God wants us to learn how to bless others because blessings are incomplete until they are given to someone else. You know, what a beautiful thing. God gives us something so that we can give it to others, and that's we receive more of it. So it's like the more we pour it out, the more it comes in. You know, and blessing is like that. Um, you know, the simple little things. How do, we, how do we give these simple ways of, of blessing? You know, the meaningful touches, hugs, and spoken words of the family blessing are important. There's a beautiful story of, of, of Neil as he was, his father-in-law just came behind him, just put his hand on his, on, his, on his back. And just he knew there was a moment of just blessing there, and he just received it. You know, it can be simple ways, an affirmation that I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. You know, a simple little thing like that can do such a powerful thing. You know, um, to a to a even a grown child. By them, uh, by them, parents envision and speak identity, priceless value, and future for their child. The remembered and shared family stories add to a child's identity, and help them know who they are and who that that they belong. So, sharing those family stories and remembering the good things that have happened, remembering this gives identity to us and to our children. God has been whispering to you and speaking to you about who you are. And he wants you to be free to claim who you really are. So I ask you, listen for them with a parent's heart for a moment. Let's not kind of go through in detail to some things I told you before. When I was five, I got hit by a car by someone trying to miss our dog. When I was eight, I got diabetes, type 1. And when I was 10, I got run over by a tractor and broke my femur in two places. And two weeks after getting off crutches, I got knocked into a grain auger by the grace of God and my awesome guardian angel. Did not lose my foot or leg, but had to get crushed and, and needed 49 stitches in my heel. When I was told to write down during my discerning my vocation, I just write. The, the priest helped me discern. He says, go write stuff down. I, I didn't really ask what. I said, well, okay, I'll go write. And so I, but it just was very clear. I, I got to write down what's happened in my life. And I just had this burning desire that it's just these big things that happened in my life. For some reason, I thought, i, I got to write this stuff down. And so I, I wrote all these things down. 
And suddenly for the first time in, in almost 20 years, I remember hearing my father in tears saying to my bedside in the hospital after probably the, the last one of these things, I don't know how you are alive. God must have some plan for you. And I found out he did. My father had unknowingly blessed me profoundly in acknowledging that my destiny was in God's hands. Never doubt the power of a parent's blessing, of your blessing, that acknowledges God's thoughts, God's loving desires for your children, your siblings, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, and acquaintances of any kind. Never doubt the power of your words of blessing. We learn to bless others by taking up our freedom in Christ. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can hear the Father's whisper. We can know our true identity, and we can be confident of our destiny. Jesus, our Deliverer, has come to set us free. He brings to the Father's house and restores all that was taken from us. We need to be aware of looking into God's heart for what he has for other people. What he has for other people. You know, that's, that's a really kind of a loaded question. Because it means that we have, to, we have to be present of mind enough to step back from our moment and say, God, what do you have in your heart for this person? Maybe it's a waitress at, at, the, uh, at the restaurant. And I, I saw that happen. I went to a conference one time and actually had to go out with one of some of the people who were actually working at it, just kind of randomly show up the same place. And, and, and the gentleman just said, you know, I think God has a word for you. And he told him, he says, do you have a daughter? And she goes, yeah. And she, she, was, she was not married, had a daughter. She's trying to she say, so, I mean, he asked about a job or something, whether she was doing school or something. And he just had this, he says, well, I think God's telling you, once you know that, you know, he really, that you're doing a great job with your daughter. Here's what he told a waitress, you know, and her heart was melted. That someone would say something like that to her, you know. Um, but there was a word that God had given him. It was a word that God had given him because he asked, God, what do you have for her? That was part of the gift, part of the conference of learning, just kind of hoping to do that. You know, and so, so never doubt. Maybe be just leave, allow yourself to be open. You know, you receive confirmation. You receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But there's so much more. You know, there's so much more that God wants to do in your life. There's so much more he wants to do through you. You know, and that's the one thing that um, uh, the, the, the priest who was kind of giving the conference talked about also. He says, you know, that, that there's so much more that God has. So much more of his love. There's so much more of his power. There's so much more of his joy and glory. There's so much more of his gifts that he wants to give each and every one of us. He wants to give you more. We just have to ask for it. Lord, I want more. I want more of your love. I want more of the gifts of your Holy Spirit. I want more of your joy. Lord, I want more. You know, and just acknowledging that God has so much that he wants to give us. And, and even the words for another person. You know, Lord, tell me what you want and when we say, it may not happen every time, but if it happens once, what a, what a gift to that person. Maybe only once in your life it will happen. But if we ask, we become more attuned to his voice as we begin to speak to him more familiarly, and we ask he had entered a conversation with him, we become aware of his voice speaking to us through the scriptures and through everything that's around us, through our prayer. You know, all of a sudden that relationship starts to transform where we become, we become an instrument to, for other people in the world. 
And that's exactly what he wants to do with us. Because he loves us. He loves everyone. But he wants us to be his instruments. And so setting free from bondage, we become more available to him. So being set free from bondage, we become more available to God to be his instruments of love in the world, of healing in the world. With hearts free to accept the Father's blessing and his love, we are now able to pass that blessing and love on to others. So I ask you all, please stand. So I ask you to listen to the Father whisper his blessing to you, over you, your life and family. Remember that the Father's whispers, he whispers throughout your life. When you could hear him, when you could hear them, and when you could not knowing you are a beloved son and daughter of God, and that he was blessing you even in difficult times. Father, you look upon these, your beloved sons and daughters. You look upon them with such incredible joy. You look upon them and you remember the moment you created each one of them. You remembered, and you remembered how you shared their name with the angels in heaven. But you remember the gift and the joy of their parents. And you remember those parents that maybe they were struggling. And yet you were loving them. Even in the midst of the struggle of their childhood. Even in the midst of difficulties they may have experienced in their life. That you were walking beside them. Father, you are so happy to see them here. And you rejoice in all the gifts that you have given them. But your joy is overflowing at this moment because of how they are embracing you and loving you and accepting you and your Son and your Holy Spirit. Father, show them your love. Father, show them your love in their hearts. Let them know that they are truly in your heart as they are in the Son and the Son is in you. Father, fill them with peace. Father, allow them to see themselves being embraced by you as a loving, perfect Father. Maybe their own fathers weren't able to do that. Allow them to hear the blessing that you have for them right now. Father, you are a loving father, a good father. Even though Satan tries to deny that and make it lie to us that you're not. Father, your goodness is everywhere. Father, give us lies and give these, your beloved children, eyes to see your goodness, eyes and ears to hear your blessing and to see in their lives. Father, look upon them, embrace them, walk with them, and let them know that you are always with them. Father, you rejoice in them, in each and every one of them, in their families, in their fatherhood, their motherhood, in their sonship, their daughtership, in their lives of how they use the skills you have given them in so many different ways just to, to make greatness happen in this world. Father, you look upon them and see all the things they do, the yearnings of their hearts, their desires for good and holiness, and you are so happy. You are so pleased. Father, fill them now and cover them with your joy. Cover them with your spirit. And Father, I ask you in a special way to send your Holy Spirit of love, the love of your heart, into their their lives, into their souls, and, and fill the gaps in their life. 
Fill the gaps of love in their life with your love right now. That their foundation may be solid and secure in the love of the Heavenly Father. And in the joy of His Son, our Lord Jesus. And the gift of His Holy Spirit. Amen.